Hi, this is Mike Kaler from SmirkNewMedia.com, and you're listening to Jeff Smith on Vroom Vroom Via. Well done, sir. Thank you very much. Okay, I'm going to hit stop. I'll be right back. Are you ready to thoughtfully steer away from your revved up, frenzied, and far too often scripted life? Then welcome to Vroom Vroom Veer with Jeff Smith, where he guides you down the road differently traveled by sharing unique experiences with guests who have managed to shift away from a life stuck on cruise control and veered their way into a more authentic and fulfilling one in all sorts of interesting and kind of remarkable ways. Get ready to Vroom Vroom Veer with your differently traveled road chauffeur, Jeff Smith. Dr. Rich Green, thank you so much for being on Vroom Vroom Veer and welcome to the show. How's it going? Hey, hey, pretty good, Jeffrey. Thanks. So, I'm ready to vroom. Ready to vroom, vroom and veer, I hope. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's that veer that we may be talking a little yes, bit about today. <laughs> it's all in the veers. Okay. So you are at ironmindsuccess.com and uh, you've got a coaching business over there. So talk a little bit about what you're most excited about in your coaching business today. Well, I'll tell you what, the thing that gets me pumped up uh, all the time, and I'm a performance expert, and I'm sure we'll talk more about that a little bit later, but the thing that gets me pumped up all of the time is helping people through the rough times. Mm. You know, when things don't go the way you plan them to go, which sort of seems like it always happens, <laughs> how do you recover yeah. and, and then just be a, a peak performer? And so that's the stuff I, I love to do. It's almost perfect. And, it, yeah, you're kind of a perfect guest because what you just said was you like to help people through their veers. <laughs> exactly, because I've had a lot of veers in my life, I'll tell you. So, uh, you know, if, if anybody can learn from them, that's a great thing. All right. So I told you later uh, earlier while we were chatting the, that you had to think of a story, but I forgot to ask you what the story cue is. So did you think of a story that you can tell later? Yeah. Okay. Goodness, lots of stories. Okay. It's just, is is there one that's going to be interesting? Yeah. Okay. All right. So we're going to talk about a mystery story from Rich later, but not right now. And I have no idea what it is. And I don't think Rich does either, but that's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) So before we do that, let's, let's go back in time and talk about young Rich in high school. So what sort of kid were you in high school growing up? Uh, the classic nerd. Classic nerd. Okay. Classic nerd. I was a bookworm. I was that kid that, uh, uh, would love to be inside reading a book on a bright sunny day. My mother was always telling me to go outside and go outside, but I was just buried in other worlds. Okay. So you would rather stay inside and read a book. All right. Gotcha. Yeah. So, so not really into athletics at all. Oh, no, I would consider myself to be pretty, back in those days, to be pretty clumsy. Okay. <laughs> I had gla- I wore glasses. And, right. Uh, I was nearsighted. And, and um, you know, it, it just impressed in my mind <clears throat> those visions of being out in the left field playing ball, hoping the ball didn't come to me. Ah. Um, I, so- I, can, I can tell you I shared this identity crisis with you uh, when I was a kid. It's it's weird how that happens though, right? Like, I know. I remember um, being. You remember Pop Warner football? Yeah. Okay. Sure. Okay. So I went out for Pop Warner football, and 
I quit, and I got a lot of shit for that. (laughs) (laughs) Why did I quit? Big kid or a small kid? I was kind of a scrawny kid, but that's not what it was. Okay, what it was was I didn't want to let my my teammates down, and I had no clue what to do after the word hut. (laughs) Okay, so I my brain was not ready to understand concepts and plays and things like this. Now, I had like an adult, a coach, parent, uncle, aunt, anybody older than me come up and said, Jeff, what's wrong? Why don't you want to play? And I would, I would have answered, honestly, I would have said, I don't know what to do. I don't know what the plays. I can't remember what to do, right? And had they said, look, you're eight years old. Just get out there and play and have a good time. I would have. I went, oh. Right. (laughs) Thanks. Right. But no, that never happened. What they did was they just said, you know, quitters never, never succeed. Right. So I I was like, okay, well, too bad. I guess I won't be a success. Screw you. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's, it's, it's funny because, uh, people catch on fire, different rates, you know, and you know, I'm, I'm, uh, a seven-time Ironman finisher. Right now, now. I think now, now <laughs> right now, at, right. At my at my the ripe age that I'm at. But I think back to those younger days, and uh, there's no way I would have ever conceived that. Ever. Right, right. So that that's an interesting story in and of itself, right? Because there, just how you you had to become, you had to ask yourself some interesting questions. I would say. Right at some point, but before we get into that, that's the health story. Before we get into that, I want <laughs> so that's we're teasing now because there's a big health story and how we get to going from nerd to triathlete, seven time triathlete. So, which is amazing, but we're not there yet. Okay, so what happened? What what path did you take right after high school? Uh, you know, I, I kind of followed the path that my parents set out for me, which was go to college. Get right. good grades, right. get out of school, get a job. And sure. so I, I did those things and um, I didn't really know what I was interested in. Well, I guess I did. Now, looking back on it, I mean, it, I, I love to read. Okay. And uh, I probably would have, would have been a literature uh, or some sort of an English major, but I went into business. Okay. And uh, I got a business, I got a business degree and it was undergraduate years. Okay. All right. Did you like business college? Did you like it? Or was it just something that you thought would give you a job? Is that, is that kind of both, you know, okay. I, I knew that's what I, I knew that's what I, at that particular time, right. I knew that's what I needed. And, uh, you know, yeah, back in nothing those, wrong with that. Yeah. College degree opened doors. Totally. Yes. Yeah. Not so much today anymore. Well, no, I guess it depends no. on the degree, but yes, yes. It, it definitely set you set you apart, right? It's sort of like, right. well, if you have a business degree on your resume, you know, you're probably going to get hired before somebody that doesn't, or at least interviewed, right? At least interviewed. You still have to bang out, bang out a good interview, but okay. So what was your first job at, right out of, after college? This is kind of a weird one, Jeffrey, because... Okay. That's a, um, I like weird. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I got, I had a major, in, <clears throat> I majored in marketing and I loved marketing. Uh, yeah. And I started looking cool. at the jobs back in those days, uh, you know, and I'm, we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about age at some point here, but back in the day when I got out of school and the starting pay for a marketing job 
was about twelve to fourteen thousand dollars a year, and I thought, well, that's not very much money, <laughs> right? No, it's and, not. <laughs> uh, you, that, they'll tell you something about how old I was, but uh, right. I am. But uh, but then I looked at the sales jobs, right? And they were paying like twenty plus thousand dollars a year, and you got a car and bonuses and commissions and all kinds of things, right? And so I thought, sales—that's for me. Okay. But here's here's the strange part. I was so shy. Back in those days, I could not look you in the eye and shake your hand. Wow. So it was Holy a weird God. choice. Yeah. It was a weird choice. Interesting. So you had no concept of what sales was. You just were like, well, I need more money. <laughs> or 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 or, or is, is that about right? Or that money thing, that money thing is a driver. That yes. was a driver. And and I had gotcha. no clue what I was doing, and I had no social skills as, okay. as far as knowing how to influence people. Right, and right, right, right. Uh, yes, it was, uh, it was an, uh, an eye opener. It is an. Uh, I love every everyone that's good at sales. Like my wife, she uh, now okay. She's not. She's doing sales as a hobby, but she still loves it. <laughs> <laughs> so back when we lived in, I was active duty Air Force forever, right? And we lived in Hawaii. Oh. She's actually Japanese, Japanese from Japan. So her Japanese okay. is, you know. Really good. <laughs> better than yours? Way better than mine, yes. <laughs> and uh, she got a job at Christian Dior Boutique, right? Wow. Yes, wow. yes. And she was like usually either number one sales or number two sales. Because the Japanese people would come in, you know, looking to buy something slightly cheaper than in Japan, in Hawaii. And, and all she, she didn't have any technique beyond just keep talking, you know? But that works. <laughs> well, you're in sales too. I mean, we're all in sales. Okay. We are all in sales. We're all influencing people every single day. Right. That's true. That's true. And, you know, even if we want to help them, right, helping somebody is trying to influence a positive change, right? Right. You can also, you can, you can influence them to get some money out of their pocket too. <laughs> But that that's probably not the best strategy, I would imagine, because it's like if you genuinely help somebody, they're happy to pay you, right? I mean, they're they're they want to pay you. They feel yeah. like they've gotten some value. That's that philosophy on what sales is, and uh, I think most people who aren't in the profession of sales sort of might have it confused with. Um, what they've experienced in the past. Salespeople right. who try to convince or cajole or Persuade, trick. trick, right. They're, pro, they're posers. They're not real salespeople. Right. Real salespeople are just, they're using their skills of influence to help somebody make a decision. Yes or no. That's it. Right, right. Is this going to, is this going to be right for you? Is this a good fit right. for you? Yes. I get it. So yeah, yeah, but I I didn't know that at the time when I got out of school and I took that very first job at the Campbell Soup Company, and you might think I was just selling soup, but it, Campbell's at that time sold almost everything in the store from produce to frozen foods to mm. uh, you know canned Huge products company. and yeah. soups and beans and pastas and so I got to know the grocery store pretty well. Okay, uh, on the south side of Chicago, where which was my first territory. Um, and, uh, but I didn't know a lot about selling 
at all, anything. Right. Being a store manager. <laughs> right. So <laughs> I walk up with my order form and, and stick it in front of them and, you know, expect them to uh, give me an order. It didn't work so well. <laughs> Kind of a rude awakening. You had it was some, a rude awakening. You, you, you had some skill building there that you had to do. I definitely had some skill building <laughs> that needed to happen, and I was very, very fortunate. Okay, that uh, that I happened to when I knew things were not going well, and I wasn't getting what I needed from the company, and I knew if I didn't do something, I was going to be out of a job. I was more afraid of getting fired than I was of you know, because I was very shy, looking somebody in the eye and then just getting to know them as a person. And I happened upon a book, which changed my life. Mm. And because I'm a reader, right? Right, right. It was Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People. That was my very life changing book. It's a a life changing book. And I've literally read, uh, well, thousands of books now because I read about 100 books a year. Nice. That's my always my goal is to read uh, at least 100 books a year. And, um, it's impressive. (laughs) I'm doing a lot of reading. You are, you, you're probably not spending a lot of time watching Netflix. So good for you. No, No. (laughs) So I, I, I'll, no, I, I'll have to admit to binging once in a while, but yes. Hey, Uh, we all, we all need, you know, I, I've, I'm trying to, uh, change my relationship with my couch. So, (laughs) (laughs) and I think we all need to do that. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> okay. So let's thank you for all of that. Uh and thank you for sharing. And I know Dale Carnegie's books and um yeah, I, I think I read that one too. Um I probably forgot a lot of the details and they kind of like blend in together with all the other like like seven habits of highly effective people. Sure. Sort of like Just those two, like sort yeah. of like really like I was like shocked because going into it, I thought they were about business or I didn't really know what they were about. But then I, I read them. I was like, these are really awesome books, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like life changing books that just like they're foundational. They I, they're are. Sem- they're, they're really seminal good. in the industry of right. uh, personal development. Totally. Yeah. All right. So everybody go out and read those two books, (laughs) how to win friends and influence people. And also I'll plug seven habits of highly effective people. Um, All right. So let's talk about your health story. So give us a little background before you ended up in that hospital room with that, when the nurse brought in the EKG. (laughs) So yeah, tee that up a little bit. Because right. I know so, you were about like 50 something and yep, yep. so talk so, a little about what, what was your job and what was your diet and what was your sleep habit? Just give us a sort of like an overview of how you got there. Jeffrey, it wasn't good. <laughs> oh, I know. Oh, I get it. Message so first of all, I, 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 I think, I think most people struggle a little bit with diet. Right, and, we all do. Yes, trying, we all do. I mean that that's it's one of those universal things. It's sad. The standard American diet, sad. <laughs> and and I will tell you that in the circles I run in with with Ironman triathletes, right, that they struggle just as much as everybody else. Really, they, they struggle just as much as everybody else. They're probably a little more disciplined. Yes, but, um, they're they're we're we're all the same. Um, let me go back to that high school question you asked about what kind of an athlete I was, because I wasn't a very good athlete at all. Right. Right. And, and I, because I wasn't very good, I just, I love to watch sports, Okay, but I didn't want to play it. Right. 
I didn't want to play any sport because I just I wasn't great. Right. And that sort of that sort of went over to exercise because exercise is, to me was kind of boring. Right. And I never exercised my entire adult life until I had that the issue which I'm going to tell you about. Right. Um, I had a sales I, a professional salesperson, sales and marketing. I, I did that. I've done that for over three decades. Um, I traveled a lot around the world. Um, very fortunate. Worked for a lot of companies that I've been able to travel around the world and right. uh, live a pretty good, pretty good life. Um, which also translated to I ate pretty good. <laughs> Probably not very healthy, but I ate pretty good. Right. Understood. Yes. Um, and I ate a lot of that pretty good stuff. Sure. So uh, I, I really, I ate all the wrong things and ate too much of all the wrong things and I drank too much. And, you know, I, I, I did everything that you shouldn't do. Right. And that went on for decades until I just reached this limit where I didn't feel well. And I've had borderline high blood pressure for most of my adult life. Okay. And I knew things were really bad because I was getting dizzy a lot. Um, and uh, a lot of times I'd have to grab the wall. I'd get dizzy, feel like I want to pass out. Right. I thought, you know, I should, I should go to the doctor. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. And I, All right. I made that decision. I made that decision. Get ready for this. On my 50th birthday. Wow. Okay. And, yeah. and I didn't, I did not have, I did not have an appointment to go to the doctor. I just went. Okay. And wow. said, I need to see the doctor. I'm not feeling good. And they said, well, we, we don't have any time, but we'll try to get you in, sit down. And I sat in that waiting room for nearly an hour, just thinking about all of the bad things that we think about when, okay. you know, when something happens. And it was a good thing that I didn't have my phone with me because I would have been Googling WebMD and looking up, you know, all of the, all of the diseases that I probably had, thought I had. Okay. Um, anyway, I, 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 after about an hour, I get led into the examination room. And I thought, as I went into that room, and I just wasn't in a good mental state. So I, I feel the temperature and I go, man, it's cold. And I was kind of smelling, I could smell antiseptic. And I thought to myself, Jeffrey, this is a place where people go to die. Totally. Yes. I, yeah. I, oh, I yeah. mean, that, that's, that's where my head was at. <clears throat> the nurse takes my blood pressure. And I, she's got like a sort of a really surprised look on her face oh. and she takes it again. And I didn't ask her the first time what it was. Right. She takes it again after a few minutes and I can see that she's concerned. And, and I said, what is it? She says, your blood pressure is 209 over 107. Now, you know, I know, you know, that normal is 120 over 70. So I was getting into not a good place uh, at all. She left the room and I'm sitting there by myself just waiting for the doctor to come in. Kind of in a and cold sweat, panic kind of feeling. <laughs> I, I, I didn't really know right. what the problem was. Okay. I, I mean. Well, you know, you have high blood pressure at that moment, but you don't really. Yeah, I, know had, what blood that means, I but... had high blood pressure and I was not medicated. And I just knew that doctors had always said, yeah, you, your blood pressure is a little high forever. And um, it was really high. So the doctor comes in, she comes back with a the nurse. They're wheeling this big machine and it's an AKG machine. You know, one of those, those heart monitors. Sure. Just for me. Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
Wow. I knew, Jeffrey, I knew at that point that I was in trouble because typically they just write you a prescription and send you on your way. Right. But that wasn't what was happening. And right. so um, I, uh, they hooked me up and, and you know, they, they're looking at the readings and I can see the doctor has a concerned look on his face and I go, what is it, doc? What is it? But never mind. Never mind. I know I'm going to have a heart attack, aren't I? And he was quiet. He didn't answer me right away. He looked at me and said, no, Mr. Green, you're not going to have a heart attack. But if you don't change your ways, right. you're probably going to have a stroke and you might die. And I'll tell you, that was that was a eye opener and an awakening for me. Right. I, I, the first thought that came to my mind was my two daughters who were 10 and 12 at the time. And I thought, Am I ever going to get a chance to see them grow up? Right. 10 and 12. Okay. Right. 10 and 12. And I, you know, or, you know, will I, will I get a chance to walk them down the aisle? Will I even ever meet my grandkids? Okay. Right. And wow. Yeah. So that was the day when, <laughs> when everything changed for me physically, mentally, spiritually. Um, right. I, I, I'm not a prayer. Right. But I said a prayer and I asked God for help that day. I believe um, you. Yeah. Yeah. Those are some good questions that you asked yourself that floated into your mind there. Like all of those questions that you just listed out that, you know, yeah. you asked yourself in the moment. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I think this has happened to probably more people than we all would like to think. <laughs> right. It didn't that specific, like, event there did not happen to me. I, I can get into my health story a little bit, but I want to focus on yours. But I've heard that story before from other friends, family, right? Where they go into the doctor and they say, look, you need to stop drinking and lose a hundred pounds. And then they send you on your way. Right. So I, I'm, yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah, I was 50 pounds overweight. So right, yeah, right. I know that lose, one. Lose 100 pounds and stop drinking, right? But then then they send you on, have a nice day, right? <laughs> right? Uh, <laughs> How do I do that? Exactly. Right? How they, do I do it? I, it? Can you write me a prescription for losing 100 pounds and stop drinking, right. please? You know, can uh, are you going to send me to a weight loss treatment facility where I can learn to lose weight and eat right? No. Is any of this going to be covered by insurance? No. That it's all on you, right? Isn't it? It is. It, it is. Really it's is. all on and, you. Yeah. And that's why it doesn't work for a lot of people. Totally they, doesn't they, work totally for almost support. you know, you go home with that and you say, "Okay, all right. Okay. I got to do it," right? With all this intention of doing it, right? So the next day you go, "Okay, no beer," right? Or we're going to go walking, right? But you don't know <laughs> right. anything. You don't have any sort of clue what to do. Right. So if you're not like, what, why were you different? What question did you ask yourself that was different than, you know, 80% of people that were in the same scenario that went home and with no idea what to do? What did, what was different for you? I, it really wasn't the question because I think we're universal that way. I think all of us ask this, the same questions. It, it really is in getting down and doing it. And that, that's where I think most people, um, mess up. And okay. uh, I, I'm no different than anybody else. I right. didn't like to exercise. I thought it was boring, but I knew that I was probably going to lose my life because the other thing I didn't tell you is that most of the males in my family 
uh-huh. died in their 70s of strokes. Nope. So okay. I'm 50 years old. I'm right. 50 years old. You, at the you time. only got 20 and left, 20 years left. Yeah. Well, right. maybe not. Maybe not. <laughs> right. 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 So I knew I needed to do something. And I thought to myself, uh, you know, what is it that I'm going to do that, that that won't be boring? Right. When I was in high school, I was a swimmer. Okay. And um, and I'm not a bad swimmer. You know, okay. I, I was clumsy at all the other sports, but I was okay. And right. I thought that's what I'll do. I'll start swimming for exercise. Right. And, and it, it, I already it know it's it. fun. It does. Right. Well, right. that lasted about two weeks. Okay. <laughs> it was fun for about two weeks. Okay. It, it wasn't fun at all. It was boring. Okay. Oh, just going gotcha. back and forth and looking at the black line at the bottom of the pool. That is it was boring. Really boring. Yeah, that is boring. And, and I was really in bad shape. Right. So I'm a, you know, I know we kind of talked about this. I'm a type A. I've been okay. type A my, my whole life, right. especially after I, I became a professional salesperson. I yes. just was really, uh, I wanted to just take on the world. Mm. And um, I might so be I type knew, Z. I don't know. I, <laughs> 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 well, I'm a type A, but I'm, a, I'm an introvert. So it's, it's kind of a strange That's an interesting combo. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Right. Right. Um, but, but so I needed to find something that was going to be really challenging. And I, did some Googling and I found a 12 and a half mile ocean swim around the island of Key West. Wow. I thought, oh my God. I thought that if was, I signed that up was the for that, fun thing that you wanted. I, well, <laughs> I don't, I don't know if I thought it was, I don't know what I was thinking. I was an idiot. Okay. But I, I signed up for it. Okay. And I said, if I sign up for it, I've got to train. And, true. and if I don't, and I thought to myself, if I don't train, I could die out there in the ocean. Right. So I better really train. Right. I have to. And so you're you using to. you're using this sort of like pressure point of I'm going to sign up for this to to create some like external motivation sort of thing. Well, that was the for me. Right. And for a lot of other. Now, I also tell you that once I, I learned a little bit more about extreme sports and I would that's that's considered an extreme sport. That's ultra distance swimming. Right. Um, uh, once I discovered something about that, I, I delved in cause I'm a researcher. I delved into what made people do those kinds of things. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <Okay. laughs> yeah. It's and very interesting to me too. Yes. Go ahead. Yeah. I, I'm not, uh, here's the thing, Jeffrey, I discovered it's not about, you've got to ask the questions. We talked about that, but right. that's not enough. You got to actually get out and do it. Right. And for me, signing up for something and putting something in front of me, was the impetus for me to to exercise? It right. was what that's what it took. It's hard that's, to get motivated, right? That's right? what it took for you. That's what it. Took. That's what it took for me. Right. But I found out for a lot of other extreme athletes, that's what it took for them too. Okay, so maybe that's sort of like like a lot of people that don't do it are are going. Why the hell are you doing that? That's why. That <laughs> right? right? They, they need it, to. Exactly. Right. They need to, to be who they want to be, I think is right. And they want, they want to be a person that does that. Right. It's like a a change in identity inside your brain. How's that sound? It it does happen. (laughs) Yes. First, it doesn't happen overnight. Right. Right. Yes. An idea. And then as you start doing it, then you, you begin to change. You begin to see yourself differently. Yes. And then you see the performance and things change. So you got to get the idea and then you got to start doing it. But I think that the thing is the audacious goal, the big, Mm. hairy, you've heard it, big, hairy, (laughs) audacious goal. Yes. I think that's what it is. And this can apply to anything in life, not just 
you know, losing weight and getting in shape. Right. If you put something out there and you tell everybody that you're doing it, there's another secret. Right, right. right? Yes, yes. Don't, you know. A little like social uh, pressure as the. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Go ahead. Go out on Facebook or whatever social media and tell everybody you're doing something. That Put is, yourself on the spot. You're, you're putting a, you're putting a um, I'm going to do this because it's who I am. And if you don't now, then then you're going to, you know, that if you're like me, if, if I say I'm going to do something, I, I do it. <laughs> right. Right. I, yes. And that's, then that's have- an identity thing. I think that, right. That's it. I'm a person when I say I'm now, if I him and haw, if I say me, maybe I'll move to Hawaii. Right. Right. Then I'm not, right. com- I'm not committed. Right. 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 But right. if I say, if I look you in the eye and go rich, I'm moving to Hawaii, right? In my mind, those are two different things, <laughs> right? One's committed, one's screwing around, right? I'm thinking about it, right? So there's a big difference. That I'm going to ask you. I'm going to ask you about moving to Hawaii. So you, I'm going to hold please, you to it, please. And that's that's the thing. <laughs> no, seriously, I mean, if if, right. if you put I put out on social media to thousands of people, right? Y- you might have hundreds of people coming coming back to you saying, "What about that thing? Did you do that thing?" Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So that worked for you. It it worked for me and and I did the swim and actually right. did it three times and I did it in the, the first time I did it was a, in a tropical storm. <laughs> um, was, and, wow. And uh, they almost didn't have it but about, about 30% of the people dropped out. Wow. Uh, after the first mile and um I didn't know you could quit so I I just kept going. <laughs> So I found out afterwards everybody got off at the first mile at this at this pier, and I thought, wow, okay, damn it. So I, <laughs> I know it's so I did that, and right. um, uh, but you know uh, the jump from there to a triathlon was an interesting one because I had to get a coach because I just yeah, couldn't train have, myself. You have a to have distance. a coach. Yeah, I had to get a coach. I, I mean, otherwise, yeah. I never would have been able to. It, do the endurance, get the endurance to do 12 and a half miles. Right. And my coach, she said, it's not all about swimming. She said, it's about endurance. And then she asked me a question. She said, do you ride a bike? And I said, no coach. I, you know, I haven't ridden a bike since I was 16 years old Mm. because I have a car. I drive. Why would I want to ride a bike? (laughs) Good. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Totally. Right. Yes. Because remember, I didn't exercise. So I didn't see that as anything right. that I'd ever want to do. Right. And she said, and I said, plus, I got a bad back. Right. And she said, well, I think that's even more the reason why you should ride a bike. So I got one and I started to ride a bike. Okay. And then Hurt a couple crotch. weeks later. <laughs> yeah. It was, you know, it was. So I, I, I'm going to jump in here and say, <laughs> I, uh, I don't know why, but I decided to buy a bike back when I still lived in LA and had a job there. And I bought a bike specifically to ride my bike to work. Isn't that oh. weird? It was like a 12 in LA? In LA and it wow. was a 12 mile one way ride. You're crazy. I, I yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> and trust me, I get it because two things. I real quick cuz these are fun, right? Cuz <laughs> um first off, you need to get the gel seat. Uh, so you need the gel <laughs> and you need the padded, the, the padded tights. Yes. <laughs> Otherwise, oh my God. <laughs> yep. 
So anyway, uh, let uh, sore balls aside, um, I did it. I did it. And I'll say this, that ride, I was not doing that for exercise. It was just really freaking fun. Oh, that's good. It, it was you got exercise to too. Yes. I'm saying like, obviously it, it's exercise <laughs> that too, but that's not why I was doing it. I was doing it because it sounded like fun, right? Yeah. There was this hill that I went down every day on the way, right? And I was like eight years old going, wee! <laughs> <laughs> and it was a freaking blast. Anyway, so I digress. But it, so go ahead. You learned how to ride a bike. Well, no, you know, the interesting thing that you, but I want to go back to that because the yeah. interesting thing about that is when you try something, you should, you should never not shut down things like I did. Why would I ride a bike? Because I can drive a car instead. When you try something, you yeah. might find that you like it. Yes. And you didn't do it before exercise. Right. And you liked it, but you were getting great exercise. I know that because, yes. you know, I've ridden thousands and thousands of miles training. <laughs> yes. yes. Um, and, I can tell another way, funny I don't, I don't story, too. Seat, I don't have padded seats anymore. Oh, good for or you. Or padded pants. Oh, good for you. It, it, it took about a decade. but Yes. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, I, I get it. I get it. So I, I think that's good. But anyway, I, I started riding the bike. And you know what? I liked it, too. It's fun. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. It was great exercise. And then, you know, about two, three weeks later, maybe it was a month, she says, do you run? And I said, coach, remember, I told you I had that bad back. And what I didn't, I've got scoliosis in two spots in my spine. Okay. Yep. I said, I've got a hip problem. Right. And I said, what I didn't tell her was, uh, tell you was I've got one leg that's half an inch, whole half an inch shorter than the other. Yikes. So, yeah, I didn't, you know, I said, why would I run? And she said, I think that's even more the reason why you, you should, should run. run. <laughs> right. So I started running. Wow. Okay. So here I am. I'm, I'm swimming because I got to swim. Right. I'm biking because she told me I needed to do it. Wow, and, and I'm running because she said that would be a great idea. And before I know it, I'm accidentally training for a triathlon. That's awesome. So she didn't and even how, tell. She didn't even me, she didn't even mention try at all. She was just like, eh, yeah. you know, you're training now. You should ride a bike, just like that. You're training now. You should run. <laughs> I got tricked into it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I loved it. I love it. I love it. I'm gonna tell two more funny things. So. As I, I got into riding my bike for fun, right? So I was in, you know, greater LA and I accidentally rode my bike 25 miles one way one day. Oh, no. <laughs> you got to go because you got to go back. Exactly. Holy moly. <laughs> it was just I was having fun, right? So I start out at my house. And, and I, and I'm going on my ordinary route and I went, Hey, you know, I've never gone that way. Let's keep going a little bit. And before I know it, I'm at Santa Monica pier. Right. And that's, yeah, I know where that is. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, Holy shit. That's like 25 miles from my house. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then I'm, I'm like impressed and scared at the same time. Because I've never gone that far, and I realize now that I have to ride my bike most of the way home. I will admit I didn't do all of the 50 miles because I got back to Redondo Beach and got on the bus. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, then I, and then I had too many beers, and I had to go to school at night, oh, no, smelling no. like beer. And it was hilarious. 
anyway, don't do that. Um, okay. And the other know your limits. Yes. No, you well, know what? That's a that's a good know your limits story. Know your limits, and you know, don't accidentally go twenty five miles one way in a bike just because yeah. you're having fun. That's not a good idea. It, I was really sore. <laughs> okay. And then the other thing was was when I started riding my bike to work in the morning, I didn't have my route down, and I didn't know how to ride my bike in traffic. Right. Oh, so when no. when when drivers see you not knowing what you do. They're afraid of you, right? Yeah. Well, I'm glad they saw you. I'm glad they saw me. Yes, I had all my reflective gear on. But, I mean, for the first two months, people were, like, just screaming at me, you know, get the (laughs) F out of the way, you asshole. (laughs) So I had to Google how to ride in traffic, right? (laughs) it's, It's different. You have to be very confident and maintain your line. And then I was good. I was, I, and then, obviously... Google Maps came up with the bike route. Yeah. Uh, and then I was I was driving through mostly neighborhoods until I didn't I couldn't anymore, you know. So there was only like two sections that I was actually in real traffic. So I'm going back to what I said before. You're crazy. I am crazy. <laughs> it's, it's it is scary riding out on those streets. You really have to have a lot of trust that the uh, cars do see you. Yes. Yes. I'm glad I did it. Uh, I don't do it here in Vegas. But anyway, uh, I digress as I usually do. Okay, so let's get into this. Now, you're accidentally training for your first triathlon, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which just I, saying I that is funny. Uh, I, 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 yeah, I, you know, and and remember how I told you that uh, that sale, sales is really just all about influence? Right. Well, I got influenced into doing a triathlon by my coach. You did. Yes, yeah, you she did. said. She said, "You know, there's this there's this thing that the other guys are doing. Why don't you do it with them?" And a couple other guys that I trained with, uh, you know, I had a good time with my buddies, uh, my buddies uh, Ron and Aaron. And so I said, "Yeah, I'll, I'll do it." And it was an Olympic distance triathlon, um, and it was the the hardest thing I have ever done. And I got through with that thing. I, I mean, I was beat up. It was it yeah. was really hot that day in the middle of Nowheresville, California, at a place called. Lake San Antonio. Wow. Okay. And it was dusty and, uh, and, but I finished it. And when I got done, I thought, man, that was pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think I could do that yeah, because remember right. in my head, I still see myself as that clumsy kid. Yes, totally. But you're, you've just experienced what I like to call a uh, identity shift because now you're a guy that just completed a triathlon, right? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, it's something, and, and I was a fat guy too. So something ah, that nobody would ever have thought. That so you, I could have you still considered yourself a fat guy, at, even at that point. Yeah, because I was still fat. I was still <laughs> you, fat guy. You literally I didn't really were. lose. Okay, I didn't. Re- you know, this was. I was on the path to getting in shape. Right. I didn't lose the weight until I made this fateful decision that that Olympic distance wasn't long enough, and then I had to find the toughest triathlon in the world, Ironman. The Iron Man, and I'll wow. tell you what, okay. for those of your listeners who don't know what the Iron Man is, it's a 2.4 mile swim. Right. And then when you're done with that, you put on your uh, your I bike mean, helmet, your bike shoes. Right. You swim 100 and you, right. you ride 112 miles. <clears throat> okay, ouch. Yes, yeah, yeah, especially on the backside. And then yes. when you're done with that, <laughs> <laughs> yes. you put on your running shoes and yes. you run a marathon. That's three times crazy. It is. Yes. You're crazy. 
<laughs> three times. That's crazy. So, you know, You're so I found the great thing about three sports is uh, that I could be bad at all three sports and, you know, do something was, amazing. I, let me ask you a question because of now we've both decided that we both have done crazy things, but you're a little bit more crazy than me. So congratulations. Good job. Um, <laughs> I don't know. If that's good. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is. It's, you know, if it has a positive effect, you know, why not? That's, that's my, you know, do the crazy thing. Is it safe? No. Is it smart? No, but it might make you do something positive. You know, you're going to be healthier because of this. You're going to be stronger. You're going to be more confident. Um, all these things you're going to be, you're going to have a completely different identity and a new self-concept by doing this crazy thing. So good on you. Congratulations. Now I have a crazy question. <laughs> so if I, as you're doing this, I was thinking like I accidentally rode 50 miles on my bike, right? Yeah. So I don't, you know, I'm pretty sure you don't have to be in like super, super shape to ride a bike for a long time. Right. You can kind of, you know, cause you're on a rolly thing, right. <laughs> of the, of the three things, right. The bike thing seems like a break a little bit. Can you, can you talk to that a little bit after yeah. you swim and you get yeah. on the bike? Does the bike seem like you're having a little bit of a break at no. least? No, <laughs> No. Okay. Thank Remember, you. Remember, I, I just no. said I was bad at all three things. No. And, and if, <laughs> thank you. If, if the bike was, if if the course was flat, yes, then the bike would be a break. Be fun. But 112 miles is a pretty long time. So just to right. put things in perspective, you know, and I, not I, flat. I could. Okay. Wow. Yeah. No. I I I just finished. Well, I will tell you, I, I turned 60 uh, a few days ago. Congratulations. And two months ago. Yes. I finished. The I, I competed in the uh, Ironman World Championships in St. George, Utah, and that bike ride was 112 miles with 7,300 feet of climbing. Oh my so God! Not a break talking, at all. <laughs> we're talking about uh, you know spending eight hours nonstop. You get out of the water, which for me was about typically about an hour and 15 hour and 20 minutes. And then you get on the bike for eight hours and ride. Wow. It's, it's. Do you have to have like a support team giving you bananas and like, uh, like, I don't know, adrenaline shots or something. <laughs> I, 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 I love those adrenaline shots if they, if they would allow it, but you, you got, you've got to be self-supporting. I mean, there, there are aid stations where they've got water and, and things like that, but you carry all your own food. Okay. And wow. For your own nutrition. So, wow. I, I wish, but I still love the bike. I mean, it's still fun. Yes. But uh, not a no, break. Not a break. It's not a break. <laughs> not Especially a break. in the Ironman, it's not a break. No. Okay. Um, Good to know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing easy about this Ironman. They don't call it, they don't call it like plush man, right? They don't call it like. No, they don't call it plush man. <laughs> and, and, but I'll tell you what, if I, if I were to rank the three, I mean, swimming for me is great. Uh, the bike comes right up there because I am, you know, I, I've done the, you do the marathon afterwards right. and I am not a runner. So right. my, I told you my body's twisted. Yes. And in order for me to get through, I just look at the marathon as survival in order for me to get through that. I had mm -hmm. to develop a, a, a running style, which I can teach anybody. Okay. And they could do, anybody could do a marathon with my running style. It's called the shuffle limp. Shuffle. <laughs> <laughs> 
and, and I and I've seen videos of myself competing, and it's really, really pathetic looking. But, but hey, you know what? But you you, you got to do you got to do you. Okay, so this that's all awesome. So I, and you learned so many things, um, and the, I bet they all translate to life. So at, before I tell my stories, um, at what point did you get your weight under control? And what at what point did you get your blood pressure like in the healthy range? So talk a little bit about the timing of that. It was that first year. I trained for a year. Right. For that first, I did my first Ironman at 51, so I trained for a year. Um, you'd be amazed losing weight, what losing weight will do with for your blood pressure. Yeah. So I lost 48 pounds. Wow. Um, wow. In, that first year. in a year. Okay. In a year. Um, but when you're when you're training, uh, some of the, the training for the Ironman will take you up to about 24 hours, 25 hours of training a week. Okay. When you're putting in that kind of time, pretty easy to lose the weight you can pretty it much eat whatever you want <laughs> yes but that's that's not the, good though yeah. that's not good and right. and you have to eat power foods because otherwise you wouldn't be able to sustain yourself for right. that first iron man i did took almost 17 hours oh my god so so if you if you're you're not eating the right kind of foods to feel yourself it's right. you're not going to succeed um just just real quick cuz you said something about you know what you eat and I wish I could say I was still a, a great eater. Right. But I had waffles this morning with okay. a lot of syrup and butter on it. And you, you um, deserve you know, it. You deserve it. Was, those waffles. It was a real it was a real <laughs> You deserve <laughs> so. those waffles, dude. You deserve you know, you just oh my God, you're probably still recovering, right? From that. Yes. Yes. It's a it's a long recovery. Yeah. So you know, they, it's three hours for every uh the, the rule of thumb is yeah. three days. Of recovery for every hour you race. Wow. Okay. 17 times three. Okay. That, I, I'm not good at math, but that's many days. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're into, you're into the, you're into well into the over a month. For yes. Every, right. You're over a month. Right. So that, that was, I mean, I've done, I've done Ironmans in as, as, you know, in 13 and a half hours and I've done Ironmans. It took me darn close to the, to the, uh, the, you know, the, the maximum, which is 17 hours. So I was never an athlete either, but um, I did this really dumb thing when I was very young in the Air Force. So there was this 24-hour relay, right? <clears throat> it's a 24-hour relay where you've got a team, I think, I want to say there was like 10, pe 10 people on, per team, and everybody's got to run a mile um, every hour. If you've got 10 people on your team, I think it worked out to you have to run every every hour and for 24 hours. So <clears throat> that was what we were doing. Right. <laughs> you were up all you were up all night. Up all night. I mean, right. you, you well, didn't we, get sleep for well, we had tents. Than... So we had tents. So you could you could go in and nap while other people while the other team members were running, you could sleep if you wanted to. So I That's did I did try to sleep. A couple of times. It you don't really sleep though. You just kinda lay there and like your heart is pounding and going, Don't come get me. Don't don't, don't come get me. Right? And then and okay, so w not everybody made it to the end. So there 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 were quitters. Really? <laughs> Quitting was allowed. 
right? So really? that meant that like our sleep time diminished. It dwindled, right? Yeah, because you had to run more, didn't you? Yes. That meant that oh. our hour was no longer an hour. Um, but while it was still an hour, somewhere around, I don't know, like 1 o'clock, 2, two, two o'clock in the morning, I finished my lap and I ran all the way to my dorm room and took a hot shower and then ran back. And I got back with time to spare before my lap. But, oh, my God, that was the best shower ever. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so can I ask a question? Please. Why didn't you quit? Because I said I was going to do it. (laughs) I had that that piece of identity, right? That's great. I mean, I I think that's great. I I have a saying that, um, you know, I've got some philosophy uh, about winning in life. Yeah. And you don't win anything in life unless you finish what you start. Of course. Yes. Yeah. Finishers are winners. It's true. You know, I think that just is, I mean, there are probably scenarios where you can't, right? You can't. Like if you get injured or, you know, right. right? But if you can, right, you should. Yeah. (laughs) You should. If you say you're going to do something. And you're just, you know, oh, it hurts. Of course, it hurts. <laughs> yeah. well, oh, you I, know what? Oh, oh, I'm pain tired. is oh, temporary. I'm... Exactly. Most of the time, pain is temporary. Yes. Yes. Anyway, so I thought that was funny. The other, the other thing that I wanted to bring up was, this was one of these things where <clears throat> it was um, usually in my job in the Air Force, I didn't do anything that in, involved physical labor much. Mm. I was kind of like a computer guy, admin guy. Right. So, you know, office work, sitting at a desk, typing, you know, things like that. And then this one time, these contractors were hired to move these uh, gigantic metal plates through these covered walkways. Right. They were pulling wires. Right. So the contract did not include removing the bolts (laughs) from these metal plates. Wow. So me and I don't know how many other people were on bolt removal duty (laughs) 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 and we were have you ever seen those like little rolly like uh i guess they're furniture movers it's just like like a dolly like a dolly like a dolly it's like a a two by fours covered in carpet with four wheels you know what i'm saying okay yeah the furniture movers so we were sitting on those things and then we would just sort of like wheel to the next thing with a drill, right? Uh, over and over and over again. And, oh, by the way, I had shingles. <laughs> oh, no. Wow. Okay. So I, I, I experienced what I like to call life-changing pain. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I went and went home, and I took a shower, and I got in bed, and I was like, how much uh, Tylenol do we have? (laughs) (laughs) And I think I took a little bit too much, right? And uh, and I started getting dizzy. So I I called the emergency room and and it was late at night. So never do that. Never call a military medical facility late at night and say, I might need to come in because they'll make you come in just to teach you a lesson. (laughs) So my, my complaint was, I I think maybe I might've taken too much Tylenol. What did they do? They gave me more Tylenol. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I thought that was a funny story and I was fine. 
Um, but yeah. uh, moral of the story is shingles really hurt. So try yeah. not, try not to do anything physical if you have shingles. Make sure you get the vaccination. I did. Yeah. Yes. You still got it. Uh, do I still have shingles now? And you, and you still and you you got the vaccination and then you got shingles. No, no, or no. Got- I got the I got shingles way back when. Okay. Yeah, I got the shingle yeah. shot even though I had it because I don't yes. want to get it again. <laughs> you know, I, because I've been there. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So uh, kids today don't have to deal with that because they, they've got the uh, chicken pox uh, vaccination. So that's good. I had the chicken pox too, but I didn't. Did yeah. I get the chicken pox vaccination? I, did we no, get that we when I we were kids? You're, you're a little younger than me. I don't think they had it back then. Ah, oh, you had the shingles because you had chicken pox. I had chicken pox, right? Yeah. Really yeah. bad, really, really bad. Okay, it's horrible. It yeah. was, it was horrible. Okay, so let's right. let's talk. Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> you know about chicken pox, <laughs> right? Yes, this is the show. I love it. That's called a veer of a conversation. So mm-hmm. as we wrap up, because we're getting close to about an hour here, talk a little bit about um, your business and how people can best get in touch with you. I know you said something about a video course. So talk a little bit about that. Okay. So my main website, is which you, you talked about earlier, is Iron Mind Success. Right. And uh, you can find a little bit about what I do. I, I Again, I work with salespeople. Right. I love salespeople because that's the job that that I had for so many years and business professionals, business owners. Okay. I'm also keynotes. I'm also a keynote speaker. So I tell lots of stories about the Iron Man and uh, the lessons I learned in Iron Man and how those translate over into your business or in your life. Okay. Um, I, I one of the things that I developed through one of the races that I did was a particularly tough race. Okay. Uh, is a success formula. It's a four-step success formula. I love it. How to how to push through when things don't go your way. Right. And how to redirect yourself and and finish. And as I said earlier, I believe that finishers are winners. Here's a really sad, sad but true statistic. 92% of the people that set a goal to do something mm. do not complete it. And that was a University of Scranton study. Uh, LinkedIn wow. did a study and found it to be 89%. And so it people, when they when they run into the brick wall or the hurdle, mm. a lot of times people don't know what to do, so they just quit. Right, right, right. And so I've de- I've devised a, a four-step process to, to win in life and a five-step process, which I love, it, it, that's that uh, you can use if you're in sales, and it, the program is actually called how to win in sales 100% of the time, even when the prospect says no. Okay. And so I got I like all it. of these That's things good. that I learned from it's, mm-hmm. it. Yeah, it's, it's super successful. People love it. And uh, I want to give it as a gift to your listeners. You know, the, 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 if they're in business, the five-step process works great. And if, you know, you're alive and we all are alive, <laughs> yeah. we, all have, we all have issues that don't go our way. The four-step process is great, too. And you can get access to that at uh, the, the number 100percentwinner.com. All right. 100percentwinner.com. So that's a, that's a freebie. Right. I want to be able to your uh, your listeners. That's perfect. And we'll link all that in the show notes. So <clears throat> I have to remind you, and you're going to be scared and sad and mad at me, but we said that you were going to tell a story that uh, we didn't know. So we haven't done that yet. And we, yeah. sa- we said we would do it. 
Well, I, I told this. I told the story about being a fat guy in the uh, in the doctor's office. But that's true. Give but, us um, one more story. All right, one more story. Okay. One more story, and then and then I'll let you go, and you can think okay. about it. Okay. Yeah. No. Uh, um, here's what I'll do. I'll tell uh, uh, the first the uh, uh, a little part of a story that goes into the success formula that I just talked Perfect. about. Perfect. Um, yeah. So the sort of the how I developed it was the very first Ironman I did was in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. And I thought this is in July. I thought this is going to be great. The weather's going to be beautiful. It's really scenic. And that particular day, it was 108 degrees. Oof. They had a 50 year high. This is the first Ironman I've ever done. A wow. 50, 108 degrees. Lovely. And uh, it was talk it about was the cosmic irony for you. I, I, yeah, I know it was miserable. So I, I made it through the swim. I got through that. It was great being in the water and I got out of the water and, uh, you know, we, we, you, you get, you wear your clothes, your bike clothes. I got where my bike clothes got on my bike. I'm soaking wet. It was so hot. I was dry in, in, a, in a matter of minutes. Right. Um, I made it up to mile 81 of the bike ride and I came to an aid station and I was out of water. I didn't have anything to drink. I was starting to suffer from dehydration. As I get to that aid station, I look around and Jeffrey, there were bodies strewn all over the pavement. There were athletes that were just lying there that had quit, that couldn't go on. Wow. And because they were in the same sort of spot that I was in. Right. Which is, which is they, they ran out of water and uh, dehydration is a, a very a thing. serious thing. Yeah. It's a yeah. very serious thing. I didn't know it at the time, but it's a very serious thing. So I, I just knew I needed to get something to drink, and they had nothing. No Gatorade, no water, nothing at all. Wow. What kind of aid the, station is this? This is the well, aid wait, station. I, <laughs> you know, there was no aid. And, and I, right. I, I think they, they underestimated the effects of the heat. Right. Yes, they did. It was a 50 or high. They just didn't have enough stuff. Right. And I'm not a quitter. I think, uh, you know, we talked a little bit about finishing what you start. Um, and, um, I knew, by the way, that's step four in the process. Okay. I, won't, I won't go through all the four, four steps, but that's step four. I, at this particular point, I, I was challenged because I couldn't go on in the race and I had to find a way to get back in the race to finish it. And so this is where you got to think a little bit outside the box and, and, and do something a little bit different. It would have been real easy to quit at that point. By the way, there were there there were it, look, there, everybody there, else is quitting. Race. Yeah, everybody else. Look, everybody else. Everybody is quitting. else is quitting. Right. They had they had uh, uh, there was a nothing I could trucks do. full of bikes. Right, they were taking bikes back. Wow, the athletes had quit. Um, so I knew there was no water. I kept asking everybody, "Is there anything at all I can drink?" I looked around and I saw off in the corner. I saw this kiddie pool, a little blue kiddie pool. Okay. You know, like wow. your mom might, might have put yeah. you in. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yes. And I realized, I went over it and I looked in it. I realized that's where the water was earlier in the day. And what was in it now was just this dingy brown water like somebody had washed their feet off. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And if you think about it, they probably did because how do you cool off? So mm. it was just gross. And there were bugs and leaves and there were labels from the water bottles in it. Yeah. And you drank it. And yeah, you jumped right to it. I mean, I looked down in there and I thought, how am I going to get back in the race? Right. And I had people were watching me. Wow. And I got down on my knee and I pushed aside the grass and the leaves and the bugs. 
<laughs> and I just started scooping that water up and and just slurping it down. Yeah. And 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 I like a man in the desert. Like, crazy. <laughs> this guy is crazy. Yes, you are. I love it. You're the good kind of crazy. But I got back in the race. Um, yeah. About ten minutes later, you know, I felt well enough, and I drank all this water. Unfortunately, I didn't get sick, but um, I got back in the race, and I finished the race, and that was my first Ironman. And uh, I just, I had this attitude that I wasn't going to quit. That I was going to do everything I could. Yeah, find Remember, a way. I trained for, I trained for a year for this. Right. Yeah. And more than that, <clears throat> you know, it would have been like super easy to quit. I mean, you had every excuse in the world, 108 degrees, 50 year high, everybody else quit and you still didn't quit. So that's, that's some strong, uh, I would call that intrinsic motivation. You just couldn't. Yeah, there was, not, yeah. There was intrinsic. Yeah. There was extra. There was extrinsic motivation also because I'll right. tell you what. I told everybody on Facebook I was doing this. So right, right. <laughs> I, I yeah. couldn't. I couldn't yeah. fail. You couldn't. Right? You couldn't. You couldn't live no, with the, my the thousands new identity. Of Facebook friends. Right, right. Yes. Well, you couldn't live with that. Right. You couldn't be the guy that quit. Couldn't right. do that because you were the guy that finished. Yes. So that's my story about I love doing it. whatever it takes. To stay in the game, whatever you, whatever your goal is, right? It's so easy to give up, mm. but it, it was a painful day. But pain is temporary. Amen. Yes, Rich, this has been a blast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. We I, had, we. Had I love I love meeting other crazy people just <laughs> like you. <me. laughs> we are we're we're crazy in good ways. Everybody's a little crazy. Right. I told my wife that the other day. I was like, you know, I know you're crazy, but you're the kind of crazy I love. <laughs> Rich, this uh, has been a blast. Thank you so much for hanging out with me for about an hour. You have a good totally one. Totally enjoyed it. All right. Yeah, totally enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good one. Thanks for taking the time to ride along with us on another episode of Vroom Vroom Veer. For podcast info and show notes, be sure to head over to vvveer.com. That's triple V double E-R.com. Man, that's fun to say. And we'll catch up with you next time here on Vroom Vroom Veer. Vroom Vroom Veer.